All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Fix Your Franchise, the podcast where we let NFL teams know and the fans know how they need to fix their franchise. Today, we're going to be covering the Denver Broncos. They're a mile high stadium, figuring out how to get just a little bit higher because that bar was pretty low this year. Um, We're going to go ahead and kick it off. I'm going to send it over to Coach Red. Oh, I might as well introduce myself. I'm Adam Dirty with along here with Coach Red, and he's going to go ahead and start us off and let us know how the Broncos can fix their franchise. I think the big thing that needs to happen with the Broncos this year is, is a step up in quarterback play. Last year, they almost did a Jameis Winston. It's not a 30 for 30 or 30 picks, 30 touchdowns, but it was 21 for 21. It was actually <laughs> 21 for 23, but I'm excluding uh, Kendall Hinton, who played re- emergency quarterback in the Saints game when every single quarterback on their team was put on the COVID list and could not play in the game. He threw two interceptions that game. But the one thing is, even with Drew Locke, he went into the season as a starter the year before uh, – came in towards the end of the year and showed a lot of promise. And then last year, what they tried to do was surround him with some weapons. They picked up Melvin Gordon. They drafted Jerry Judy. They drafted KJ Hamler. So they added some pieces around there with Cortland Sutton already on the team. They tried to help that out. They have Noah Fant at the tight end spot, who I think is a promising younger tight end. But the quarterback play was just a little inconsistent. I know Drew Locke didn't play in every game, but he was under 4,000 yards. And if you're in the in today's NFL, if you're not above 4,000 yards, it's pretty tough. And you would expect, okay, they weren't under, they were under 4,000 yards. I bet they had a thousand yard rusher. Well, you'd be thinking wrong because they did not. Melvin Gordon was close uh, in the 900s. They do have a uh, smaller back and Phil Blinsey and Royce Freeman still on the squad. So they've got weapons offensively where I think really hurt them last year was the cornerback play. They had two bona fide studs in Justin Simmons, who is, is going to be the top free agent safety out there in the league was franchise tagged last year. Kareem Jackson was their other starter at safety. Um, their top returning quarterback cornerback that's on the team is Michael Ojemudia. I think that's how you say it. I'm not sure, but it's a guy I've never even heard it might of be a so, It might be a research. soft J. <laughs> it might be a soft J. Uh, Ojemudia? <laughs> but I think cornerback's a go. big spot. Um, <laughs> the other thing is um, – Defensively, it hurt last year with Vaughn Miller being out, and they're kind of in a tough spot with him. He has some pending legal issues that it hasn't been disclosed what those are, and they're kind of weighing out the options because they have to make a decision, I believe it's March 16th, on what they're going to do with him. So um, it's tough. You know, Bradley Chubb kind of stepped up this year a little bit more in that pass rushing role. If they don't bring back Vaughn Miller, I think it's going to be a little bit tough sledding. 
Um, they're going to need to address that, whether it's in free agency or in the draft. But overall, they're, they're a tough team to pinpoint because you look at some of these teams that we have and you look and there's just that explosive guy, the one guy that kind of just jumps off the page at you. And for me, the closest thing to that is, you know, Justin Simmons, which is a free agent and kind of Jerry Judy, but he had a case of the fumbles in the drops throughout the year. And they're just a tough team for me to diagnose because they're, they're not terrible. They're not good. They're just kind of in that zone where I think with $46.9 million in cap and nine picks in the draft, I think they have that opportunity to really catapult themselves a little bit further ahead and be a more fascinating team, especially in the AFC West where the Chargers have got the spark. The Raiders go to go to Vegas. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. I mean, they're, they're kind of – like, I wouldn't even say that they're – I think they're like that stepbrother that talks with a list, and you're kind of like, yeah, he's here, but you don't really hear from him, and you, and you don't really talk about him that much. Yeah. I mean, they're in a high-caliber division, kind of like when we, when we were talking about the Panthers. Like, I mean, they – Chiefs obviously putting up points. Raiders, the only team, I mean, aside from the Bucks, to beat the Chiefs last year, and they had to put up points to beat that team. And they're just in a they're in a another tough division. I mean, they have to really be able to focus on their offense a little bit. But I don't think you give up on Locke. I mean, I think that for Locke at least, I think what you need to do with him is I think you need to keep uh Shermer around. I mean, they didn't have the greatest season last year, but it was his first year as offense coordinator. Um, it'd kind of be nice, I feel like, if I was locked to have a little bit of consistency in who my offensive coordinator is. And so if he has him for a second year in a row, then maybe he can get a little bit more comfortable within the system that he's trying to run, and he could actually be a pretty damn good quarterback if that could be the case, but they do have, I mean, they have the cap space and they could get him a couple more weapons. They could even, I mean, if, if Sherman could figure out what he needs to do is also figure out. I feel like you mentioned Philip Lindsay, figure out how to use him properly because he's not going to be that number one back workhorse kind of guy, but you could use him in the right way and he could be a good catching back. He could be, you know, you set him up for some screens and you could use him as a weapon instead of that, that heavy, heavy setting into that back kind of thing. I mean, I, I think mean, the thing with that Elway that, real quick, before you hop on to the, the quarterback Elway, now GM, the thing is, is with them having Melvin Gordon on the team, I think that they have a good opportunity to catch that fire. Like when he was playing with the chargers where you had Austin Eckler, who's now the lead back there. Now that he's gone, when they were both 
getting equal touches the year that he held out looking for a better deal and didn't get it. I mean, towards the end of the year, both of those guys were firing on all cylinders and they were two completely different backs. I think that's what you have with him, Philip Lindsay as well. I feel like you have the possibility and potential to kind of have, you know, 2000 yard backs potentially in that same backfield if they're able to execute. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I feel that way as well. But I do think it comes down, I mean, and I keep bringing him up, but I think it comes down to Shermer figuring it out how to use him because he he runs a very Shanahan-like like offense. And he, he needs to be able to figure it out because uh, Philip Lindsay, as far as running it, is, if he's not catching it, I feel like he needs a fullback in there. He needs that lead blocker to come in and hit that linebacker and give him the opportunity to bust one out. Otherwise, he's he's not going to be breaking too many tackles. Like he needs a seam. He needs to he needs to be able to find that. And if they have that combination going, like you said, just like the Chargers had with Eckler and him, like they could they could have a dynamic duo at the running back position easily if they can figure it out and then if they do figure that out Locke's going to look that much better because he's going to be able to have those play action opportunities he's going to be able to actually do a little bit more maybe have a little bit more time because they think oh they're going to run it but if they don't figure that out Locke's going to stay mediocre at best I also think that it's tough to really and I was bringing on what they're able to do offensively because if you count out Ingram and Lindsay and Royce Freeman, those are kind of your elder statesmen on the skill positions, but you have Fant who this will be year three. You have Drew Locke year three, Cortland Sutton year three, Jerry Judy year two, KJ Hamler year two. So I guess you can attribute some of their blah that I kind of see with them as maybe those younger guys just still figuring out the NFL game. So you have Locke, no offseason last year, going into being the starting quarterback. You had He had a pretty good thing going with Cortland Sutton, but I think they were trying to integrate Hamler and Jerry Judy pretty heavily. But without an offseason last year, really, I think it was really tough to do with so many young skill guys. I think that was probably – they were one of the teams that I feel might have been affected most by the COVID – restrictions that happened last year yeah i'm i feel that too um and you mentioned von miller as well and i feel like personally he is an asset that you trade and get some money for i mean you get you get maybe some picks you get some young studs in there because he still has that name that is it's almost like a jj watt thing Yes, he's really good, and he's still a stud, but for how long? Like, is he going to have a couple more seasons where he's a stud? I mean, after getting the defensive player in the year back-to-back, he that was probably his peak. And, I mean, I'm not saying he's not a phenomenal athlete and he's not a stud right now. He still is a stud, but he's only going to be a stud for a few more years. So while he's at his peak, why not? why not get some assets for him at this point? Because you'll save some cap space, 
maybe get some picks and maybe get some other younger stud who can be with your team and create something for the next, you know, half a decade for you. I think the thing that's tough with the Von Miller situation is with him being out all of last year, the pending legal issues, and he's going into the last year of his contract if the Broncos pick up an option. And if they do, I think he's owed like 15 mil. So I think this year it would kind of be tough for them to to actually get really any value in trade. I think what the value in him would be is you'd almost have – you can't – you need to cut him, but you really can't until after June 1st because the only real value you can get for him is a compensatory the following year. Because it's tough when you get into that compensatory type of pick. But, I mean, he's still a great player. And I think for them right now, especially with how young they are on offense, with him, he's he's basically the – face of their franchise he there's no one else that you can sit there it's returning I mean Drew Locke when he was getting drafted I named him Quaff Locke because he had a nice little quaff in his hair the whole time and I didn't even know his real name was Drew until (laughs) you said it earlier but I referred to him as Quaff Locke for the last two years but I think with that Von Miller they're in a really sticky spot because they don't there, no one's saying what these legal pending legal charges are. So it's tough to say what the ramifications will be from the league because they're still pending. All right. So you, you keep them around. I mean, like you said, Bradley Chubb is gaining momentum. I mean, he's, he's borderline going to be pro bowl bound the next couple of years. If he can, keeping this upward trend that he's going at, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And dude's a stud. I mean, dude is a stud. And it, and it could have a lot to do with Von Miller being around, too. I mean, so keep him around and maybe grab a couple other young bucks in there and, and, let, and let him be that guiding force for that defense. Because they were, still, they were still a top 15 defense last year. I mean, they were not terrible at defense. They just couldn't score. Yeah, and I think the, the thing that kind of put them in that mid-range had to do a lot with their linebacker play and safety play and Brad, and Bradley Chubb. But with their linebacker play, you had the veteran Josie Jewell, who had a pretty darn good year, had some decent amount of sacks, and kind of my key standout guy who is going to be a restricted free agent, I think a guy that they would be smart to – bring back and kind of look towards the future is Alexander Johnson. Um, He had 124 tackles last year, which led the team. His total that was last year was his third year in the league. Um, And he had 124 last year in total. He's had 217. So last year was kind of a breakout year for him a little bit. And unless they address with linebacker in the draft and feel really good. I mean, I know that there's, uh, Micah Parsons out of Penn State that I think could slot into this defense as a linebacker and fit pretty well. I think you could go after some other things like we talked about. Corner, maybe maybe early second round going to a safety. Kind of corner, a guy that I see is the number one guy on everyone's board is Caleb Fairley out of 
Virginia Tech. I think that that would be a smart play for these guys because I think you're almost in a wait and see mode with the offense. And with them being a top or middle tier defense, if you can get Von Miller back and have him producing and then put more talent on there and bring back Justin Simmons, I don't care what you have to do. He had four or five picks last year. He had second on the team in tackles. The guy it was hands down the best player on the field for them last year. And I think it's been a priority for them to really try to bring him back because if they don't, their secondary goes from a pretty good secondary, especially at the safety spot, to two glaring holes that you're going to have trouble filling. Yeah, so that wouldn't actually be a bad strategy at all. Like, why don't why don't you do it like like the Broncos that were winning championships, like like those old Ravens teams, like just make a scary defense. Like make your defense scary to where to where teams are only gonna be scoring 20 points a game against you, you know, make them to the point to where they're the top three in the league in defense. And then you don't have to worry about Locke being a crazy gunslinger and having to throw four or five touchdowns a game to win a game against these other teams that are in the league. Get it to the point to where you get in there and Patrick Mahomes is scrambling and he's having to make bad passes and he's going to throw a pick or two in a game against you. Like make it to the point to where you are one of the, top tier defenses in the league just focus on that that might be their best bet actually at this point like just get a scary defense going on because they have that opportunity they could make a scary defense right now yeah and and i love that idea because if you really look at it john elway as their general manager i think he's stepping away from that role this year to just be the team president but if you really look at that he has a fascination with quarterbacks. He, you know, they had the Tim Tebow experiment. Then that rolled into Peyton Manning and then lighting the record books on fire at a time where it was before it's time where it is now with, with that offense. When they, when they had the Demarius Thomas, Peyton Manning breaking the single season record. Then they got to the Super Bowl and got mollywopped by the Seahawks. And I think that really opened up John Elway's eyes because two years later where Peyton Manning was a shell of what he was two years prior, they go to the Super Bowl and absolutely dominate Cam Newton, who was the MVP that year. And they made him look like a little puppy dog. They dominated that Super Bowl. And I think they based it off of what happened to them two years prior. So I think with yeah, that, Going back, there's a phenomenal idea. Yeah, because they did they did what the Bucks did to Mahomes this year. I seen that look in Mahomes' eyes, like, oh, I can't do this by myself. Like, I can't just make these freak plays and and dominate this game right now. And that's what they did. And that's when when they won that championship. Like you said, like Manning was a shell of himself. He was still a great pocket quarterback, which he always was. 
but he didn't have to be the game saver at that point. Like he had Von Miller in his prime. He had a savage defense that, that no one could score against. I mean, and like you said, like they found they found that out when they got embarrassed against the Seahawks, which was I know you're a fan and I know that the Seahawks fans love that win. But even even when wins like that happen, I don't I don't love wins like that. Like it's like, damn, are we are we playing a high school team right now? Like there is no NFL team that should lose that bad. And I think they realize that like, oh. We can't just be one-sided. We can't just be uh, an offensive powerhouse because as as much as the league is an offensive league and a firepower league right now, the teams that win have a solid defense. And they can and that's the thing. The the solid teams that have those defenses that can hold those firepower teams even to 30 points, that's a win. Like if you can hold Patrick Mahomes to three touchdowns, that's a win. Like you have to be able to do that though. I mean, a decent defense is still going to give up 41 points to the chiefs. Like you have to be able to, you have to be able to do that. Like you have to be able to slow down those offensive powerhouses enough to where you have a chance. And one area where I think they can do that, because I think they're going to have to put a lot of money into the Justin Simmons deal. I think that they're also going to need to get another safety that is either a mid-tier or maybe another high-tier guy. You know, maybe they go after um, a Johnson, the third from the Rams, you know, really help rebuild that, that thing. But the one area with or without Von Miller there that I think that they can get at least a little more depth and a good rotation would be along that defensive end spot. I, for them, I look at a guy like Solomon Thomas, who played for the 49ers, was drafted third overall, but Nelly never really lived up to that potential. And I think there was a lot of pressure on him. And if you go on a team where you're in a rotation with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, the pressure's off. And I mean, once – once the 49ers had D Ford and Nick Bosa is really when Solomon Thomas was starting to come alive before he got hurt last year. And one other guy started to shine. Exactly. Yeah. One other guy that I really played pretty well for the worst team last year, five and a half sacks for the Jaguars is Dwayne Smoot. He's still a young guy. And I feel like if you can get a couple of these guys where they're not going to break the bank, because I feel like if you're spending money this off season, it's going to be in the trenches for them. And I would look more, you know, in those skill type positions to, to be addressed through the draft. But the other thing is they're, they just re-signed Garrett Bowles who actually started playing up to his potential to be their left tackle, but their right tackle position isn't as strong I would maybe go after an older vet that has played a little guard played tackle and really kind of reassessed his life a little bit and got in better shape and that's DJ Fluker when he played for the Ravens last year started out at guard had some injuries got bumped out to tackle and that dude is one mean SOB he's a mean dude when he got drafted I thought, like, if I were to ever see this guy in person, 
from his draft profile picture, he looked like the meanest guy that I ever seen in my life. Like the dude is scary. <laughs> and, and one of his things that he likes to say is he goes, yeah, I want to face a good defensive line because I want to rumble and I want to go dominate him. I think that's the type of mentality that they need to get a little bit. That's the attitude that you want for sure. Because, Like you're saying, if you're going to be a defensive oriented team, then I want my offensive line to be those road graders. Get these guys, get your three running three headed monster at running back rolling, taking the pressure off drew lock. And then that, what that does is it ultimately with a huge running game takes that pressure off of Jerry Judy, who I think was trying to, overperformed last year because I think he felt that pressure of I was drafted early. I was the number one guy. I'm the dude. I need to make sure that that I'm carrying this, I mean, this wide receiving court, even though you had a Cortland Sutton who was about a thousand yard receiver the year prior, and you brought in KJ Hamler to be that speed guy out of the slot. So the more and more we keep talking about the Broncos, the better and better I feel about them. Because in that division, the Raiders have the pieces on offense to, to compete, but their defense still needs some work. The, the Chargers, you could see that sophomore slump from Herbert, potentially. I mean, you, see, you saw that a little bit this year with Lamar Jackson after getting that first-year starter, putting up all sorts of numbers, being the league MVP, kind of came back down to earth. You might be able to see that from there. And at some point, the Chiefs aren't going to be able to keep paying everyone. And I think your window is not there yet to really compete against the Chiefs. But they're going to have, with all the stud guys, they're either they're going to have to start making a lot of tough decisions. And granted, Patrick Mahomes is going to keep you in damn near every game. But at some point, they're going to hit a little bit of a regression. And if the Broncos keep trending upwards, I think that they could maybe start peaking when the Chiefs start coming down, whether that could be next year or the year after. I think it really just depends on the development on those young guys that they have offensively. Oh, I think next year they could easily be a wild card team. They could easily hit the wild card, especially in the AFC, how it is now. Like if they if they fit those pieces in like they should be and they get that scary defense and they've got a little bit of money to spend. So and I mean, I know that more I mean, probably two thirds of the league would love to have Kyle Rudolph. But that's not a bad option for them. I mean, having that tight end who's the tough tight end. And they could do those big sets where they just get in there and they grind out and they have those two tight end sets and throw Kyle Rudolph into that to where he's he's a touchdown. He's got hands. And I mean, and Locke would be able to have that safety valve that he desperately needs would be a complete game changer for them. I mean, I feel like Kyle Rudolph on any team would be a would be a huge thing. But I mean, I feel like if they wanted to go for something like that and pay him that money, then he would be a good, good asset to have a young quarterback to have this veteran tight end that he can dump it off to and know that he's going to catch the ball. And with you talking about young quarterbacks and wild cards, I'm going to throw one out there for the ninth overall pick. The one thing is 
is I think that when you had John Elway, he was chasing greatness at the core at the quarterback position. He struck gold when he had Peyton Manning. He tried to capture that with Joe Flacco with a little bit of a resurgence. The one quarterback that I could see that I think would fit the toughness of this team, and he kind of has a little subtle swag to him, is Mac Jones from Alabama. Granted, the guy had unbelievable talent around him this year, but he's kind of been slowly creeping up those draft boards, and he just seems like a guy that could really fit in well with this team. And if that's the case, you if you do draft him, day two comes around, maybe you can get some quality value for Locke on those guys that struck out early on quarterbacks. I'm not saying you're probably going to get a second rounder for Locke, but I think with the flashes he's shown, you could sit there and feasibly be looking at a third or a fourth round pick in this year's draft for him if they decide to go quarterback in that first round. I actually like that idea because of the fact that Locke is so young and he would be their draft pick. It would be a good situation to put them head to head, you know, getting the preseason, you know, early season to where it's a shootout, like who's going to perform. And it might even push Locke to be the quarterback that they thought that he was going to be. They bring in a draft pick. They spend their first round draft pick on an Alabama boy bring in Jones and see like, all right, well, are you going to perform well enough to keep this starting position and push, give him that little bit of push that he might need to be like, Oh man, I'm going to lose my job to this guy, this rookie that came in. If I don't step my game up right now, that's not a bad option at all. I don't think because I, it doesn't always work out, but with those young quarterbacks like that, I feel like sometimes it, it, it might be the best strategy. Like, all right, uh, you you not you're not quite the person that Elway thinks that you are, so we're gonna bring in this guy and we'll see if you are or not, kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't think I'm ready. To- Elway's all in on him. Elway loves the guy. Yeah, and I'm not ready to punt on him either. I I, I think that he has that talent, and I want him to break the curse of the Missouri college football quarterbacks because i mean the last first round guy that came out of there was blaine gabbert who hey the dude just won a super bowl this year sitting behind tom brady but (laughs) there there hasn't really been any success for the mizzou tigers in the nfl at the quarterback position and maybe maybe old quaff lock can uh change that moniker this year I think that he has all the potential to. I mean, when when he has his shining moments, you're like, damn, like this kid's got it. But when he's bad, he's real bad. <laughs> like there's no gray area for Locke. Like yeah. there is no gray area at all. They're not like, all right, he's, you know, he's a Andy Dalton kind of guy. Like, yeah, he's a starter. Like but he's not, he's no Tom Brady. He's no Peyton Manning. He's no, you know, insert name here, but 
he's young enough to where he easily could be like he could make that step to where he could be one of the elite quarterbacks. Cause when you, when you see it, you see it, you're like, Oh man, this guy's got, you know, he's got good pocket presence. He's got a hell of an arm. He can run if he needs to, but if, if they build that around him and especially like we talked about, like if they give him that defense to where he doesn't have to be a gunslinger, they're, they're a wild card team all the way this year, this year, they will be a wild card team. You could see a rise from him, you know, going into that year three, like you kind of saw with Jared Allen. I kind of see them where they could kind of be in that same mold. Jared, Jared Allen really stepped his game up to, to get to that position. So I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like they've got some good pieces and yeah, I agree. I, the more and more that we talk about the Broncos, the better and better I feel as long as the Broncos listen to this podcast and beef up that defense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing they, they have, they have the potential. It's sitting there waiting for them to get to it. Like the rainbow's there but they just got to reach the end of it and find that pot of gold because other than that, they're just going to be looking at the sky and wishing, wishing that they weren't so high up in the altitude. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that, I mean, pretty much as far as my notes go and what I think they should do, that pretty much wraps up what, I have about the Broncos. You got any, you got any final thoughts about them? Get, get tougher. And that's it. Yep. I mean, make that, make that, make those Broncos mean they're not, these aren't ponies. We're talking about Broncos. These are wild horses. We're trying to raise here. We're not trying to have a a little pony show, trying to have some Broncos up in here, bucking, bucking Cowboys off. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to take over the AFC right now. You worry about that. All right. So I think that does it for us for our Broncos episode. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. Uh, we appreciate you all. Um, this is Fix Your Franchise. Make sure you uh, like and share to all your other football fan friends. Um, if you work for the Broncos and you work for their uh association make sure you listen to this podcast and listen to everything that we have said today because that's probably the only way you can fix your franchise um i'm adam dirty coach red we will see you next time peace